Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to Dynasty As They Want to Be, a podcast where we drill into every episode of the iconic 1980s television series, Dynasty. I'm your host, Derek J. Lang, and with me is my co-host and husband, Kyler K. Jafari. Less is more. No, more is more. Isn't that how the saying goes? I don't know what anybody's saying anymore. I know. I, nobody knows what is happening. Up is down. Left is right. The thing that is kind of weird with this whole isolation business is um, cooking. Like, we're cooking so much more. We're not going out to eat. We're so not tired going out of to the cooking. bars. I'm actually not tired the of it. cleanup. I'm tired of the cleanup. For show. Like... Our dishwasher... You don't know, but at like 2.25 a.m., while you're snoozing away, I'm like you're doing scrubbing the. I'm having crystal. Lady Macbeth moments. I'm just like <laughs> scrubbing down the kitchen and out, out, damned yeah. spot in the crystal. Yeah, I think our dishwasher like talks now. I feel like it's gonna start like Audrey tooing and being like, "Please don't feed me any more dishes." All right, that the dishwasher is going out on the curb as soon as we're <laughs> done with this. But it's funny because I'm hearing from friends like some people are like, "Oh." I'm eating so much in self-isolation and I know like, I, I can't cook as much as I could eat. So well, I think people are snacking cause they're bored a lot, but like, I think we're, we're doing good on the eating front because we're just like cooking a, a square meal and we're being like really conscious about being healthy and boosting our immune systems where we are kind of falling apart is that we're just drinking all the time. Well, it's easier to make a drink than it is to, you know, cook bacon and eggs. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 So uh, we have an amazing drink that we're going to be imbibing on for this week's episode. La Mirage. All right. Are we at the hymnal? I mean, you have the good book in front of you. Chapter 2. Verse 53. What is that? Because people are listening to this. They can't see what you're holding in your hand. This is mom's Mr. Boston's Deluxe Official Bartender's Guide. You're slurring your words. Have you been drinking today? <laughs> this is mom's Mr. <laughs> 
This is Mom's Mr. Boston Deluxe Official Bartender's Guide from 1972, mm. um, which I don't even think she was old enough to drink at that time. But in protection of my own age, I will just stick with the facts. And there's these amazing photographs of like how amazing it could be to purchase liquor in those times. A simpler time. Anyway, we're making an aviation which fits the theme of this show. Well, of this episode. I don't know if this was a true pre-prohibition drink or a very post-prohibition drink, but... Anyway, they drank it sometime in the late 20s, early 30s. Who the hell knows? Well, isn't it just amazing that here we are in 2020, drinking a drink from the 20s, watching a show made in the 80s with a 20s themed party. I just, I love that. That makes me yeah, happy. Yeah, and that's that's why we're here having like the best drink I think ever made, period. Not because I made it. I think there's something about this drink that I love it so much that I don't want to abuse it by making it too much because when you abuse something, it abuses you back. And Ooh, that's very Crystal heavy. Carrington. So this is the aviation. I'm just going to read. Two ounces gin, preferably spicy and high proof. Spicy gin? Yeah. We use bee feeder, which is like grandpa gin, but like frankly, it's the only thing that's got enough juniper in it. And if you don't, you know, care about your budget, then I suppose Nolitz could give you enough juniper. Oh, but, no, that's too rich. What are we, uh, the Carringtons? One one tablespoon of maraschino, uh-huh. uh, which is not that weird red cherry juice out of a, you know, bright colored clown cherry jar. The kind of cherries that Alexis puts on top of her No, the thing fruit. about maraschino is it's derived from the pit of the cherry, which is kind of a different flavor. It's also kind of cinnamony spicy. Mm-hmm. And what I love about Maraschino is apparently Napoleon, uh, when he was exiled to Elba, took several cases of Maraschino with him because that was, you know, his desert island drink, almost literally. Anyway, uh, yeah. but that could be apocryphal. I don't know. I, it's kind of like how Timothy up, but... McVeigh just wanted to eat mint chocolate chip before they pulled the plug on him. Yeah. I mean, it's like it all sounds fun until you hear what happens next. Anyway. Uh, and plus you want to, this is very important, a tablespoon and maybe even a dash more of creme de violette. This is an old Victorian holdover liqueur. There's not very good representations of it anymore, I think. Uh, you know, there's the, the one that I like is by Rothman and Winter or something like that. And it's it's kind of a soapy floral flavor, but well, that's why you don't want a lot of it. it's expensive too. And if, if you're, you're going to make this shrink, you're going to go all in because a bottle of creme de violette is going to cost you, what, 50 bucks? No, I think it was like $28 or something. Oh, okay. But, you know, like you only use a half, you know, a half an ounce per drink. Yeah, but. my unemployment check will clear that. Uh, don't use Cremivet. The original recipe is from Cremivet, but there's a brand going by Cremivet now that just sort of tastes like, you know, sugary dish. Yeah, soap. I mean, if you're going to go to the trouble to make this drink, don't cut any corners. And then you just want uh, probably about half an ounce of lemon juice, maybe even three quarters, depending on how dry you like your drink. And, you know, just coddle it in the shaker with sufficient quantity of ice. But what this drink is really famous for is its color. It's beautiful blue violety color and it's weird because sometimes i'll order this at a bar and it looks a little neon-ish to me and then i get suspicious because yours are always sort of 
smoky and sexy and look like the sky at dusk. Mine look like Alexis's eyeshadow. Mm, love that. Well, here's the thing. If if you're not making it with bullshit ingredients, then you're getting something that's like an amazing drink. Maybe the best drink ever made because I think the proportions and the ingredients kind of speak to the highest powers of alcoholic beverage and also uh, a sort of chemistry but frankly like the color makes it even that much more and you garnish it either with a one of those bright red neon goddamn maraschino cherry things which like nobody eats them but maybe it makes a drink yeah it sexes it up or you could put a twist of lemon or you could do both yeah i like the bright bright red ones because it gives a nice pop of color in the drink and a, and a, a twist of lemon too i think I think that makes but, it. But there's something about sexy. the whole thing. It's it's bright and it's sexy and it's pungent and it it implies all of the things that are going on in the roaring 1920s. Oh, totally. I can see why they loved this drink because it's got flair to it. It's very sort of ostentatious, but then once it meets your lips, it tells like another story as well. So, anyway, cheers. Chin chin, baby. Well, we've been invited to the ground opening of La Mirage, so should we take a break and get into it? Yeah, we need to get like right the hell into it. Today's installment of Dynasty as They Want to Be is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our darlings a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash nastypodcast. That's N-A-S-T-Y podcast and browse their unrivaled selection of audio programs. If you need a totally campy escape, and who doesn't right now, they have like over 20 of Jackie Collins's books on there, including my fave, Poor Little Bitch Girl. I'm sure you'll find something you love too. Simply go to audibletrial.com slash nasty podcast to get started today. <laughs> Welcome back. Oh my god. Last week's episode was a total fucking dud. I didn't want to say it on the episode because I want you to like listen to the whole thing. Well, I think and I we want you did to... our best to make it not a dud, but it was a dud. I mean, our episode wasn't a dud, but th- that episode of Dynasty was a dud. But this one, oh my god. I mean, you know, I love a party. So the bulk of the episode was surrounding the grand opening of La Mirage, which... Who'd have thunk it? It's a costume theme party. I didn't realize that we were going to be having a theme party. Because the thing about Fallon is she's a liberated woman from way back. So the 1920s is when women cut their hair and they had the vote. They drank. They had sex. We allowed people to drink. You know, yeah. So... There's and we something know, there. We do know this about her character because remember she did dress up as like thoroughly modern Fallon. This is what and, I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Like uh, we already know her from season one doing all of this shtick. Yeah. You know? Well, because you might think like, well, what does the 20s have to do with the opening of this like sexy 80s resort? And it's like, well, the owner likes the 20s and she wants to dress like a flapper and have everybody drink and... You know, she is Gatsby. There so. is there is something about the eighties that's weird here because this is like nineteen eighty two going into eighty three. Uh, yeah, I think we might be in eighty three by now. No, we're not. We're still in December, I think, of eighty two. I don't I mean I'm not gonna swear by that, but not on a stack of Bibles. Uh 
like Alexa says. But we're not in the full swing of like the resurgence of the economy yet. So it's kind of almost, uh, I don't know, insensitive that they're like doing this. But again, we were talking about escapism. So I don't know. Maybe that's that's what the, the deal is here. I'm definitely not as annoyed with Kirby this episode. I feel like she gets fleshed out a little bit more. Kathleen, what is it? Beller? Yeah, Kathleen Beller. The Kathleen thing is about uh, Kirby, the character's not annoying. The character being there is annoying. It's just one of these, like, it's been imposed upon the audience. Yeah, I think I, uh, Kathleen Beller, I've kind of warmed to her. I think she's giving some dimensionality to the character here. We do get her kind of almost strategically yeah. planting the idea in She's the Fallon's quiet storm. head yeah. to hire her as the nanny, which I like to see that sort of Machiavellian touch in the characters. We, we saw it with Adam, although Adam's gone kind of cuckoo bananas. Adam's not evil. very good at it, and clearly Alexis is the, ma- the mistress of it. Oh, yes, of course. She is the ultimate queen. Adam is starting to veer into tying somebody to the train tracks form of villainy. But no, I like the fact that she kind of convinces... I like to compare him to Wile E. Coyote with (laughs) a stick of dynamite. Does that make Jeff the Roadrunner? (laughs) Um, But no, I like the fact that she she knows that they already need a nanny, but she plants that seed so it makes Fallon feel like it's her idea. So she gets the job, even though... And I didn't realize this. Maybe I've misspoken previous episodes, but she... Kirby Anders did graduate from the Sorbonne. I thought she was just fucking some guy that went there. Yeah, but all she got was a lousy humanities t-shirt. And then the other thing that happens before the party is that Crystal reveals that her first husband, Mark Jennings, is on the scene. And I didn't put this together, but I guess she suspected that maybe Blake had something to do with it or she wasn't sure. And so they have this kind of like, you know, midnight convo well this i mean it's a small thing but i i feel like that's part of like how crystal doesn't trust whoever she's married to maybe it's blake this time but she doesn't trust them she wouldn't be blamed for because her last husband like alcohol raped her or something so well so did her current husband yeah that's what i'm saying so like what she's She's married to all these like terrible men. Yeah, uh, she does have really bad choice in men, I'm starting to think. So I, I don't know how much like she's revealing that like Mark is the Mark, as it were. But Blake, of course, Dom plays it. He's like not intimidated at all. He's like, we'll handle it. I appreciate that you talking to me. So I, it's kind of a nice moment. I, I like them kind of coming together. And I do love that Blake is kind of struck at the breakfast table because Fallon gets a postcard or letter or whatever from Steven. Postcards from the edge. You mean from Hong Kong. Mic drop. Is anybody going to do the racist music? No, what we're not. What the fuck was that Super about? terrible. Yes, I know there are millions of people in Hong Kong, Ralph. But use your contacts. Check with the oil companies in the area. Yes, all of them. And see if anyone's ever heard of a Stephen Carrington or a, or a Ben Reynolds. Yes. Get back to me, will you? Blake, according to this, Stephen's not in Hong Kong. And then the last thing that happens just one moment before we get to the party is that this uh, poisonous paint comes to fruition. And Adam is painting. Not, they didn't strip 
the paneling. He's just painting right onto the paneling with this poisonous Which I'm paint. I'm thinking like high quality uh, design and remodeling doesn't involve just putting a coat of paint over something. Yeah, even the paint man who gets like totally talked down to. Okay. I, like when the I'm, guy at the paint shop is telling you what to do, you know you got problems. This reminds me of when like I was I don't know I won't say what age, but painting the ceiling the same color as our walls, um, which can sometimes be a design choice. I was told by the guy mixing the paint for me, why would you want to do that? Why 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 would you want to paint the ceiling? Like it was like this very matter of fact. Like, did you put poison in that paint? Is that why I am the way that I am? Yeah, yeah, it's it's worked. I mean. <laughs> 12 years later, there we are. But yeah, I mean, even Alexis comes in and I wanted her to like call out this like garish shade of teal that he was painting it. Like, I guess he was trying to emasculate him with the shade that he mixed the poison with. I don't know. I'll see how it looks in the next episode. Oh, that's a fun take. I hadn't thought about that. Like, I just assumed like it was just like, let's paint the walls with lead. I don't know. It it was weird and I'm not into this idea of Adam attempting to poison Jeff with paint and the fact that it didn't get all wrapped up in this episode makes me suspicious. I mean, I think I think the last thing we have to talk about before we go to the party is, We better hurry our Ubers here. Is just well, okay, I got 28 seconds. Linda Evans and Joan Collins Putting on the same dress. Iconic. And and the costumer shop, which originally I was like, costumers, wow, that's a stupid word. But then I realized, oh, we're actually going to a costume party. Yeah, they didn't really spell it out in the beginning of the episode. No, they really this didn't. This was a theme party. MFers. By the way, Alexis wins because they like put on these costumes that are just like, I don't know, bronze paillettes. Was it a costume, though? I mean, it was a really fun moment. But when they walked out, I was like, I thought they were going to be like in flapper I think they wanted this moment to be more fun than it really was. But Well, it was fun seeing both of those body yaddy yaddies. Well, what you get is Crystal doing her Ohio practical speech and Joan Collins, a.k.a. Alexis, doing, you know, English bitchy strategic talk. Look, Crystal. Since we're both going to be stuck here for fittings, and since we're both going to be at the same party, I think we might at least try being civilized to each other for a change. You may call this conversation civilized, but I call it hypocritical and boring. Boring? Me? Temper, temper. As my dear old auntie used to say, when you're angry, come to fall. When you're really angry, swear. Go on, Crystal. Swear. I adore to hear you say something colorful and foul. Well, it's a standoff. It is the the most equal, I think, footing that these women have ever been on because it doesn't have anything to do with their husbands or their money. They're literally just standing there first naked, which I loved that we get them in that moment. And then in this same exact dress. All, all I can say is I can quote Labby, a.k.a. Dorothy's Bornack. They looked like the mothers of the solid gold dancers. <laughs> Yeah, there was no there was no 1920s flapper happening with those. Well, with the same outfit. Yeah, on both of them. heads or tails. I think they both were losers. Yeah, 
Let's get to the party. This was a hot fucking party. I thought maybe we were just going to have a scene in the lobby. No, 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 no. We were at the pool. We went in the office. There's like a new bar off to the side. Like there was a band. Everybody was in costume. You know, I I hate it when there's a theme party and only like 20% of the people participate in the theme and then other people show up in t-shirt and jeans i I feel like this was actually kind of a royal mess however it works as a dramatic moment several dramatic moments well no so like the thing is is most costume parties like are 98 percent not good costumes so that's fine this is not 1920s at all this like sets me off like i'm triggered there's no reason to be historically interested in costume however i am so there's a lot of like cinched waistlines a lot of like fringe and it's like these are like uh, like fringe and cinching waistlines is supposed to imply 1920s bullshit city but that's fine. Whatever. We get over it. And you have Alexis and, you know, Crystal doing their thing. But that's what I love about the party thing is that Alexis says, I'm not going to wear what you're wearing. And what Alexis ends up wearing is this sort of like peekaboo vagina dress where it's just like all fringe and no panties. Well, she I guess she knew that she was going to be doing some fucking at this party, so because she had to dress accordingly. It's it's all about the uh Neil McVeigh uh which is like uh, Congressman Neil McVeigh. Excuse the hell out of me. The thing with a Neil McVeigh is Congressman The thing McVeigh. with Congressman Neil McVeigh. Thank you. Is that, you know, he was he was kind of in like what was it? The Waltons or yeah, what did you Google that? Because I wanted. <laughs> I'm trying to, to soften it up. I'm trying to not like go in so hard on it. This was a very special guest star, or just a special guest star. Special not guest very star. Special. No, special guest star. Not very special. Okay, but, okay, okay. But you know, it sucks because Alexis takes him to bed in the middle of a party. And if that doesn't define a party, then I don't know what does. Oh, if like, you don't have people fucking in a bedroom or a bathroom at a party, then your party sucks. I'm here to tell you that. I like the fact that she just stole a key and she was kind of like, hmm, Well, Alexis is like having her own key party. Like she's kind well, of redefined what that key means. Key party of one. But I don't think she fucked him. I think you saw them kind oh, of Oh, I like, think she did. No, they were wiping their mouths. Wait, do we, do we want to have, have like poker bets on this? Like, I don't want to get like too salacious, but I think maybe it was just a little bit of sucky sucky and not fucky fucky. All right, well, I've got a queen and a jack. So I don't know what that means, but no, I mean I don't think she was willing to go all the way, but um, you know, whatever. They have a history. She's you know, she's widowed, she's on the rebound. I don't know. I do get a little distasteful of the fact that she was apparently using her feminine wiles to try to like one up Blake with this congressman, but I hope that she got something out of it personally and wasn't just using her body for, you know, strategy. Well, something about Alexis so far suggests that, you know, a a fun screw, a roll in the hay might be all that she needs for a moment. So Mm -hmm. that's fine. However, to use it strategically kind of goes back to old tired metaphors of like whoring yourself out sure that's not even a metaphor that just is what it is right so but it doesn't work you know this is one of those instances where alexis doesn't win because blake apparently is able to blackmail the congressman 
with some sexy stuff that he was doing in Washington, D.C. And sorry, blackmail wins over BJ's any day, and Blake knows it. Don't look so smug, Blake. There's nothing I can't handle. I wouldn't be too sure. This time your boudoir charms may have failed you. Well, there's always the first time for everything. I wouldn't argue that. But from now on... You stay out of my life, do you hear? I guess he's going to be able to frack his way all around the world. I think at the end of the day, Alexis goes to bed with a congressman and she winds up turned out by Blake. So in this sense, like we get a win for Blake. It's been a little, a little bit. It has. But- you know, it, Alexis has been on a winning streak here. So the fact that she gave a BJ to some congressman in her daughter's hotel and he didn't do what he wanted her to do. It's fine. It's fine. I'll, I'll get over it. And Look, you know, she needed another roll in the hay, as you say, to get over her yeah. her her deceased husband. So I think it's fine. I, I think we can move on from that. What I really loved in this party is that Crystal sees Mark Jennings, her first husband there, and instead of running away or crying in a corner, she kind of just grabs Blake and she says, you know what, we're going to have to deal with this eventually. Let me go introduce you, the future, the former husband with the current husband or whatever. I don't know. The law system is going to have to figure out who the fuck she's actually married to. But it's like very adult and cordial and it's not like too dramatic and weird. And I kind of like the fact that they didn't play this up like too dramatically. Yeah, I appreciate that as well. But I also have to like question Crystal really doesn't exercise power ever and she kind of gets uh put in her place in the last two or three episodes so we've seen that well she doesn't know until towards the end of this party that they're still married and he said that the the mexican divorce didn't actually go through which why would you ever trust a mexican divorce like come on but it seemed pretty shocking to her and that she's questioning everything but I don't know. Can't they just get the Denver Carrington lawyers to sort of figure this all out and tie it all up? It doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal to me. I mean, it doesn't seem like Mark Jennings really like is trying to still be yeah, married no, to I, her. I, I think I think Crystal's Pollyanna. She's milk toast. She could have staked her claim early on, and she continues to not participate in her own defense. And, you know, and she's even got you know people coming like Mark Jennings, well, who's probably like the tent pole of her issues. Do your shit, lady. Like take responsibility, and she doesn't. But I thought maybe Mark Jennings was like holding some candle for her, but apparently not because he gets a few bathtub gins in him and he's like on the diving board jumping into the water with Fallon, his boss, BTW, and having a little smoochy smoochy. So maybe Fallon's finally met somebody that uh, can really jive with her because they just like to party and drink and have a good time and you know go off in the deep end i mean it is a little weird that she keeps getting involved in like love triangles with her stepmother but whatever yeah that's kind of fallon's whole problem she can't engage with another person without having another a triangulation Mm-hmm. she needs that well now it's, it's like it's a, kind of becoming aggravating at this point now it's kind of a quadratic m- m- equation because you've got kirby in the mix and jeff 
uh, has a little smooch with her, which we knew was happening. I'm glad that it took one episode for it to happen and we weren't waiting around for him to go out there. Yeah, I feel like at this point, the only reason Kirby needs to exist is to... Fuck Jeff. Drag Jeff out of this sham marriage, yes. Mm Mm-hmm. Which we're probably going to get. I don't remember, but it doesn't kind of matter because I don't love Kirby. So I don't know. The whole thing is very ambivalent. But then Adam has eyes for Kirby, which is like super awkward. Um, So that's a whole nother like love triangle that's happening because you've got Adam way overdoing it when she like drops her purse, which first of all, what motor skills does she have? That she can't even hold like a little purse up as she exits a party and then spills her lipstick and condom and everything out onto the dance floor. And Adam's got to come help her out. But what a fucking creepo he is. Jeff comes and saves the day and Adam is left literally on his ass. Are you okay? Yes, I'm fine. Now be careful driving home. After all, you are my favorite little girl. I'm not a little girl anymore. Truly, I'm not. for helping me out when I needed help. My pleasure. The craziest thing of all is that Kirby may have a way more interesting backstory than I was giving her credit for. And there's this count from France or some sort of European country roaming around the party that recognizes her from galas and Monte Carlo and Provence and whatever other French. Yeah, Kirby's been passed around apparently. Was Kirby hooking in France? That makes it's her not way called hooking more in interesting. France. Prostituting in It's France? called Luganier. What does that mean? It means getting paid. Oh, okay. I don't well, know. I just I, made us some fake French. I don't know. I guess if she means. was gogging around France, it makes her a lot more interesting. But between that and Adam creeping on her, she like pieces the fuck out of this party pretty quickly, which why was she invited anyway? What I like about party scenes as differentiated from dinner party scenes, we've already talked about how dinner parties bring people together, but party parties, which is to say not a dinner party, but a party, bring together somebody a like- A cocktail party where the hors d'oeuvres are hot. Well, there's that too, but I'm just talking about Fallon and Mark, and they clearly dislike each other, and yes, she agreed to hire him before. I don't think they clearly dislike each other. But now that other. there's a party, it's- like well you know parties kind of like lift the veil in everybody's eyes and everybody's decided like oh, we'll have a drink and a hot canapé and jump in the river together you know so i do like that fallon and mark sort of like come to terms in the pool over a lusitania float there is something about this structure that just really works you know i i like large parties they're so intimate at small parties, there isn't any privacy. Yeah, it's an Oscar Wilde quote. Ha ha. Um, F. Scott Fitzgerald, you bitch. Well, he was copying Oscar Wilde. How dare you? That's from Great Gatsby. I know, but, you know, every auth- author is like just kind of riffing on the last one. You're drunk. You're not drunk, and that's your problem. <laughs> I'm pretty drunk. How many of these? I'm not drunk enough to go fuck the congressman. How many of these? Uh, Here's a key to my room, and uh, oh, how and many then, like, of the these aviaries have I drank? Over and... 
do we i it seems like we have a real problem with alexis going to bed with the congressman at the hotel we have a problem with it because so far alexis has had her ups and downs but this is a real down this she is, hasn't used her body this is a down and out well she fucked cecil to get those millions how is this That's any different. different she ain't getting no millions out of this senator congressman yeah i guess the stakes are pretty small with this congressman anyway i love this party it was a fabulous to be invited i loved all the costumes it does seem like a party though where most people went home a little bit perturbed no, what are you talking about? There's people at this party that is people were still right. raging at like at two a.m. Kirby left at two a.m. and she was leaving early. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Get out of here. You you weren't invited anyway. Security. Now it's time for the part of the podcast where Kyler and I talk about our lurks of the week. Oh, this is going to be very interesting because there's so much costumery. I think maybe what might be fun is, you know, we have Alexis and we have Crystal. I mean, we can agree that Fallon's outfit was terrible, right? And that's not a look of the week. Really? Oh, is that your look of the week? It's definitely not my look of the week. Okay, because I'm pretty sure that her outfit wasn't so great because they knew that she was going to have to jump into the deep end. Nine feet of deep end. Can you believe that that fool at the La Mirage goes down nine feet? Anyway, I well, think... Well, it's deep enough for the top of her head to still poke out. <laughs> and the, the whole, only raison d'etre of her outfit was her helmet hair. That, yeah. That bugle bead helmet. I mean, there's nothing else to say. Bugle bead helmet. And like, did you notice Mark grabbed it off before she went in the water? Yeah. So I yeah, think we Nolan also, Miller so we, probably was like, don't get yeah, that in the that water. That was a priceless object, clearly. <laughs> so, but, but between Alexis and Crystal, who did you like? Because they were, you know, going ta-ta-tat. Or did you think like somebody else had a better look? Honestly, I'll say the extras... Well, we're better dressed. Is if Shut we're gonna up, get if, out of if here. we're gonna get into like vintage costumery, uh, which I hate to nerd out. However, there was a lot of like cinched in waist and paillettes and fringe and sequins. And Here's this, the thing: this isn't the BBC. We're not doing some historical recreation. I right? get that. It's a party where you know it's a twenties themed party. It doesn't mean that we're beholden to the same silhouettes. And my thing is wear- that Crystal is wearing something that is it's not flapper in any way. It's not nineteen twenties attire. No, it wasn't. It's cinched in the waist. It accentuates the boobs. Would you quit saying cinched in the waist? But that's the problem. Like it's it's darted, it's cut, it's it's showing the cleavage. Well, and then she's got that crazy cape on. With None it. of this was like happening. Like I don't know what people were thinking in the 1920s were. I think it, at this point, everybody was trying to liberate women or just like feel like they're so excited they can't hide it. If it's a battle between Alexis and Crystal, I have to say... Crystal even, doesn't even have a look. That's not a look. It's that's, a look! No, that's Star Search and Ed McMahon's giving her two stars. I 
I am not a member of the thoroughly modern Millie it's historical just society. Pi- no, it's just bronze paillettes with her spaghetti hair straps. Looked amazing. Her hair looked great. I liked the way that the feather her hair was looked in the, the hair. same the way that it always no, looks. No, it's up higher. Her hair is up higher. Haystack and a high the dude. The cape is great. The cape matches it, but then it also has a great jewel detail that goes across There's the There's nothing chest. exciting about what she's wearing except it's sparkly, which that's like everything in the 80s. So, no. It's gold. It's glittery. Her bronze. hair looks it's better not even gold. than it's, it's ever looked. It's great. She wins. I, I actually liked Kirby's nude. Okay, beaded. you're just going for whatever is historically accurate. You're not going for what looks the best. Wait, you really thought that what Crystal was wearing looked the best? Yes. Oh, that was. Anyway, uh, go on. You liked Kirby. Go. What did you like about it? What did you like about the way Kirby was dressed? I mean, you want to sit here and talk about, oh, it's fine to take liberties with historical costume, which is fine. Like, nobody's here to worship at the altar of 1922. However, I do Apparently think, you are. I do think that Kirby's costume kind of did the best sort of rendition of mixing the two. It was a nude color, uh, which is, seems in fitting of the spirit of that time period. And the beading is not super shiny, but extremely detailed. And it's a soft texture despite the shininess of the beading. And the cut is, you know, below the waist and appropriate to the time. But also she looks like a pretender, which is like totally her character right now, at least. And I did like, um, I did like Kirby's makeup. It was very nice. If you think that Dynasty as they want to be is the bee's knees, leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher, wherever you can leave reviews of podcasts. Give us five stars. I think it's the cat's ass. I know that we're completely zozzled in this episode, but afterwards, be sure to follow us on the social media. Be sure. We're at Nasty Podcast. That's N-A-S-T-Y on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places. We want to make sure to thank the artist Lindsay Mound, who designed our gorgeous graphics, and DJ Jugo, who made our amazing theme song. Really, anyone who tied their shoes or wiped their asses. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to go see a man about a dog.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.